Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds, which you can listen every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz. If you want to check that out, you can also visit our website at 1037thebuzz.com to keep up with everything buzz going on in the state of Arkansas. Yes, that's right, folks. It's been a long time. And as I just mentioned, I have a new job. And that is really the reason why it has taken me so long to get back in doing the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Um, I I know that there were times where it was kind of bouncing back and forth where I wasn't doing it as consistently as I would have liked. And I felt like I was getting back into a groove when then suddenly this job popped up. And the move popped up, moving from Fort Smith to Little Rock. And it's all going great. I love it. I love every second of it. It's all going just absolutely fantastic. But I wanted to let everybody know what was going on, and uh, it was really difficult to do the podcast while balancing two different jobs, two different shows, getting everything prepared for that, and and trying to move, and it was just a lot. It was a lot to deal with and a lot to handle, but I got it done. It's all good now. I'm all settled in, and I think that now that I got my studio set up at my new place here in Little Rock... It's going to be great. It's going to be perfect. The timing of this podcast is going to change a little bit now that I'm doing an afternoon show compared to what I was doing with a morning show, but uh, either way, it's still going to be the same format. I'm still going to release it on all my social media accounts, so be sure to follow me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors now. Had to switch that up. Also, uh, on Facebook, you can like my Facebook page at John Neighbors as well. So I just wanted to explain that to everybody because I know that a lot of you have been asking And again, I can't tell you how much I uh, appreciate all your support and how sorry I am that this kind of had to happen the way it did. But I wanted to make sure that we got on the same page and that I wasn't shortchanging anybody. Because how I feel about my craft, (laughs) if you will, is that I I want to make sure that if it's my radio show or if it's my podcast or whatever, that I am doing everything I possibly can to make it as perfect as I can. Now, it's never going to be perfect, but I want to strive for that. And so I would have just felt really, I would not have been happy with the result knowing what I was having to deal with and and the move and everything like that. I wasn't, I wouldn't have given you a good product on my podcast because I know that uh, when I was leaving the show that I was on, even though it was still good shows, there was definitely not as much of attention I'd like to pay for it. So I didn't want to put out an, an inferior product for what I was trying to do with this podcast. But now that it's all done, it's all settled in. We can get back to it. So again, appreciate everybody who's been so supportive of me and, and listening to this podcast. Let's keep it going. Let's talk some Razorbacks, shall we? Let's talk some Razorbacks because there's a lot of things that have happened since uh, we last spoke. And I think I have to start with the Razorback basketball team and how things aren't looking so good right now. Now, that's not to say that they are out of the NCAA tournament. That is not to say that they can't still have something to play for. There may be some things that they can still do that is going to really be overachieving as far as what the expectations were before the season started. Uh, there's a lot to play for. But now they're sitting at 16-7. and seven. When I believe the last time we spoke, Arkansas had just three losses on the year. Now they've got four more losses. They're four and six in conference, and they have a game on the road against Tennessee tonight, Knoxville, where Tennessee is favored by three points in this game. And Tennessee's not good, 13 and 10, five and five in conference. So not a real barn burner of a team. And I know people have been tweeting at me 
about, hey, what are these rumors about uh, Mason Jones being out and being suspended? I, I don't know. I'm not going to confirm or deny that. I don't know anything more about it. I guess we'll find out here in just a few hours. But uh, the, the whole thing about this, though, in this team is that I, I feel like what we're seeing now is a team that has hit its rut a little bit, but has also is starting to be the team that I thought they would be. I don't think anyone expected Mason Jones to be Mason Jones that we've seen in the past few weeks, even in the, the past month or so, even in the whole season. I don't think anyone expected that. I don't think anyone expected Isaiah Joe, uh, even though he's been hurt and that's been killer to Arkansas, but I don't think anyone expected Isaiah Joe to continue this deal where he's one of the best three-point shooting threats in the SEC and was consistent at it. I don't think anyone expected Arkansas's defense to be this just awesome, or at least for at least when the conference season started, or they've kind of taken a step back. But still, the defense was great, and no one really had film on it. No one knew what to expect from it. No one knew really what to think about it. But yet, Arkansas was being very well coached by Eric Musselman. He did a great job of trying to utilize the strengths. And I mean, with Jimmy Witt has been phenomenal. Adrio Bailey has really improved. All of those things were going good and going well, and Arkansas was finding ways to win games. But once that Ole Miss game hit, and you saw how Isaiah Joe got injured and was not the same after that, where he was missing threes, like, hey, hold on a second, this is Isaiah Joe. He should be making these like it's nobody's business. But when he got hurt in that Ole Miss game, that kind of started taking a step back. And then you saw, in just the past week or so, Jimmy Witt have back stiffness. Kind of taking some steps back here. Gentile Silla has not been the player that people were hoping. That thousand point scorer, that's what he was at his other stop. Haven't seen it at all this year. Ethan Henderson has yet to find really a rhythm or really any reason to be on the floor. All of these things are happening all at once, and it's coming to light all at once. And when you have that in the conference slate where this you're going up against phenomenal coaches just across the board. I mean, every coach in the SEC is a good one, pretty much. They're starting to figure you out. And you don't have size. You just don't have size. And Arkansas's biggest thing is that they were having to play a game where it was basically flawless. They had to play near perfect in a lot of these games to even win. Now, they're not getting blown out. I mean, they've lost back-to-back games in overtime to Missouri and Auburn, and in both games, should have won. They should have won those games. They should be on a three-game winning streak in SEC play. But they didn't. And it's easy to point to the reasons why they didn't. But with what not having Isaiah Joe, having some guys that are a little banged up, and having Mason Jones feel like the need to do it all, which he may have to, he leads the team in points, rebounds, assists, and steals then you're kind of seeing the reasons of why this team struggles. They can still make the tournament. They can still get to that point. They have to go at least 500 in conference to have a chance at it, though, which is possible. But it has to start tonight against Tennessee. And even if they don't make the NCAA tournament, and here's what I'm going to tell all of you, and I hope that you understand what I'm saying. Even if they don't make the tournament, that doesn't make this a bad team. That doesn't make it a complete and total disappointment on the season. I felt like this team before the season started, if they made it to 500, it would be incredible. Or at least a good season. 
Making it to the NIT would be, hey, really good. Nice job. If they made it to the NIT, or excuse me, they made it to the NCAA tournament, that would have been pie in the sky. There's no way. But yet they're playing for a spot. So take it all into consideration. Yes, it's frustrating right now. Yes, it's not easy to admit these losses and the way that they're going and the way that they're happening. And I get that. And I understand that. And I respect that. But just remember the expectation. Remember what you're going up against. And remember that this team has overachieved a lot. Can they keep it going? Can they find some other ways here and there? Take advantage. Maybe win. Whatever it takes. Of course they can. It's a well-coached team, and Eric Musselman is a guy who is a master at getting guys in position that's going to be successful. they got to get healthy. Got to get Isaiah Joe back. But just be calm, be patient, and see where the season takes you. Don't go up in arms just yet. Wait to see how these final ten games play out, or eight games, I guess we're at this point. Eight games play out plus the nine game in the conference tournament. And then we can have our criticisms and our judgments after the season comes to an end. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Let's talk some football, shall we? Arkansas, Sam Pittman, and the recruiting cycle is over of the 2020 class. Now, last time we were on this podcast together, or at least uh, the most recent time we talked about football and Sam Pittman, wasn't looking too good for the recruiting class. In fact, it was looking pretty bleak and didn't have a staff put together. Didn't really know what to expect. But now that we have all the results in, folks, I don't know if Sam Pittman is going to do a great job at Arkansas. I don't. But what I do know is what I've seen so far. That's all we can judge him on. And we got to judge him on his staff that he's put together and his recruiting class. His staff, to me, is about as phenomenal of a staff as you could put together, given the circumstances. Barry Odom's your defensive coordinator who was, of course, the former head coach at Missouri, who always had phenomenal defenses. Couldn't do much offensively, but their defenses were always great. You got Barry Odom. You got Kendall Bryles as your OC. You got guys like Brad Davis as your offensive line coach, which is really going to be him and Pittman working together. You have him. You got LeBlanc over there doing the defensive line from Kentucky, who always had good defensive lines. Like The staff is just phenomenal, all things considered. And I'm excited to see what this staff can do. You know what it reminds me of? Now, stay with me on this. It reminds me of Brett Bielema's first recruiting class, or excuse me, his first coaching staff, where he had to put together, pull some strings, and get some guys in that, man, you were sitting back and like, how did, man, this is going to be great. You got Grandy Shannon and Sam Pittman and Chris Ash and Charlie Partridge. I mean, these are... Big time, big boy college football coaches brought them in. And the recruiting classes at the beginning were great, at least all things considered, because a lot of that had to do with the staff that he brought in. And we all know how that went off. But this is a little different where Sam Pittman gets this job, and not only does he have a personality where players want to play for him at a high level and at a high rate, but he also has coaching staffs and coaches that want to coach with him. Like that, that's, that's something that you can't just teach. You can't just develop overnight. The relationships and the ability to have solid relationships with people, that's not an easy thing to do. But that's what Sam Pittman has done 
with these coaches. And knowing that these coaches stepping into a situation where Arkansas has got back-to-back seasons of 2-10, and 10, stepping into a situation where the early signing period when Sam Pittman was hired, he had just a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks and that was it. And then once those couple of weeks with this early signing period ended, you had to hit the trail running. And what did you do? Sam Pittman and this staff went out and got a top 30 recruiting class. When he arrived at Arkansas, it was like 118, 108th, something like that. And when it was all said and done, after the early signing period, he got a top 30 recruiting class. Not to mention the fact that he added in Felipe Franks, Levi Scaper, believe is how you say his name, if I'm not, I'm, just, I'm sorry, but the transfer from Oklahoma, linebacker. You got those two guys. You could still have a grad transfer, somebody like that here soon. Who knows? But the point is, is that Sam Pittman, all things considered, did the best job anybody could have done in the situation he was in with hiring a staff and recruiting a class for the 2020 year. I, I can't, I try not to get overly excited or overly optimistic because we all know how we've all been burned that way from uh, good old Chad Morris and Brett Bielma. I get that. But I want to give credit where credit is due, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Sam Pittman deserves a legitimate shot. People were skeptical at first, but he, re- he deserves a legitimate shot. He's got something to prove. He's not going to guy that's going to come in and get fat and happy and rich like a previous coach in Arkansas. He's not going to do that. He wants this job. He wants to be Arkansas's coach. And he wants to prove himself as a head coach. He hasn't been one at this level ever. And he's only been a head coach at one other stop, and that was in the community college ranks, JUCO ranks. He, he's not to that point. He never has been in his career. He wants to prove himself. He's got a lot to prove, granted, but he wants to. He's putting in the work, and that's what I appreciate more than anything. He is putting in the work. So we'll see how he continues with this recruiting class, if they can keep things going, if they can make things work, if they can continue to get a top-tier recruiting class year in and year out. It'll be a lot to ask, but I still want to see where it goes. still want to see if he can do it. I'm giving him the chance. And if Arkansas does anything better than 2-10 this year, like if they won four games, say what you want, but that would be a nice year. <laughs> Can't even say that with a straight face. It would be a nice year to win four games because of where you've been. Anything above that? Baby, sign him up. Let's get rolling. He's got some talent to work with. He's got some staff to work with. But can they go through the gauntlet of this schedule in 2020 and navigate to a few more wins than what they've had for the previous years? Can they end the losing streak in the SEC? I think they can. And honestly, I think they will. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, as many of you know, I like to save this final segment on the podcast for some nonsense or for some things that uh, were bothering me or something I just wanted to talk about that's been going on in the world. But, um, you know, I'm sitting here in in Little Rock, and I'm trying to get everything settled. And 
I, uh, I've been trying to focus so much on sports, which I love the new schedule, by the way, of not having to wake up at 4.30 every morning. That's phenomenal. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm just kind of getting used to the new market and the new people, and a lot of my friends live down here, but we're still trying to just figure some things out. But anyways, um, I'm sitting back here, and <laughs> I'm watching the Oscars. I don't necessarily ever care for award shows, especially nowadays, because it seems like it's just a bunch of people that are completely and totally out of touch with reality, which is fine. I don't know, but it's still funny to me that people eat this stuff up and watch these award ceremonies and feel like anybody, what anything anybody has to say about their awards or about their causes or about their political opinions or whatever, it, it just seems to fall a little flat for me. And I'm laughing at this because I, I'm watching the Oscars and it's about movies, right? It's about films and uh, and all that, and then randomly, just out of the blue, here comes Eminem. Eminem performing "Lose Yourself." I love "Lose Yourself." I love Eminem, but I'm sitting back and I'm like, "This is the most out of place thing I've ever seen in my life." Like, I think people were a little confused, also in the audience, if you saw some of the reactions there. And again, I love Eminem, and I love his music, and I love what he does, but I'm sitting here, and I'm like, what is this? What is? Where is this coming from? What does it have to do with anything? Well, apparently, from what I understand and what people were telling me, is that he didn't get a chance to perform in 2002 when he won an Academy Award for his uh, hit Lose Yourself on 8 Mile back in 2002, so this was his chance to perform again and, and to make up for that. All right. Cool, but why? Again, why is he having to do that? My my point is it doesn't matter. Actually, it doesn't matter at all. None of this matters. But what did matter is when I put out a tweet about it and how I thought it was very strange that that was going on, people come out of the woodwork and start attacking me, saying that, uh, like, you you can't claim yourself as an Eminem fan if you don't understand why this is relevant. It's like, well, he hasn't, to me, made... That great of music since 2013 with the Marshall Mathers LP2. I believe that was that year. Yeah. That was the last time I thought it was made good music. I, I know Kamikaze and his other album came out of uh, Music to be Murdered by, which is a yeah, great name. But I, I just didn't think it was that great. And so when he comes out, I thought it was strange. And then people start attacking me for it. I just find it funny. My, this is my point in all this. Like, I don't care if you attack me on social media. It's Social media is like Weird Al Yankovic, as I've said many times before. It's not real life. It's a parody of life. Can't ever take it too seriously. Um, but but I'm, when I'm watching that and, and I see my – and I give my reaction, people come, you know, just trolling out of the woodwork about it, I just laugh because it doesn't matter. But it also shows that, all right, these people that are after me, they're very big Eminem fans and they thought it was cool. And I guess they thought I was attacking their what they thought was cool. I don't know. It was just very out of place. It was very weird, just like the Oscars is in general. Uh, it's a very over-the-top, ridiculous thing that they do, but I understand it. And honestly, I saw the Parasite won Best Picture. Never have seen it. In fact, the only game, uh, movie that I actually saw of uh, all the major awards and the major movies that were being discussed was Joker. And I also saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Good movies. Man, not like they used to be. They just don't make them 
like they used to be. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We're going to keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 